All right, everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. I'm Clayton. And I'm your roommate's level veteran. And I am the Virgin. And we're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Hello, Erin. And we're joined today with a very special third host, a very special guest, because uh, this episode is, we're still going to be announcing the book, but first we're going to talk about a new movie that came out. And you guys know when we talk about movies, we always like to bring on producer Patty. So producer Patty's here with us today. Hello. Everyone knows I don't read, but I do watch. So <laughs> I'm here for the movie episode. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm very excited because it's a movie. Books are great, but movies are. That's my speed. <laughs> that's your tempo. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's your medium. Um, and this is a movie that I must say, guys, I, while I am a huge Jennifer Lopez fan, as we do share a birthday, and so I feel like we are specially bonded, I was not tracking this movie with the level of um, fervor and intensity that producer Patty was. Pat was really <laughs> on top of when this movie was coming out and when we would be able to watch it and the way we would be able to watch it. So, Pat, yeah, what, I, what was it about this movie that made you think this is for me? Well, so the movie is Marry Me, yes. starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. And, yeah, I'm the one. Yeah, listen, at this point, I've become a very hands-off producer with learning the tropes. You know, it's a well-oiled machine. It, it basically runs itself. I come in for just big uh corporate level executive decisions <laughs> and i you know the the last month or so i came in with a with with a big with a big uh executive level decision which was marry me is opening on valentine's day weekend it's going to be uh in theaters but also day and date streaming on peacock also the home of the olympics and wrestlemania and i said we've got to cover this movie this movie is going to be huge it's the the first theatrically released rom-com that we've had in a couple of years it's got one of the all-time rom-com movie stars in j-lo this has got to be a learning the tropes event so that you know that was that was me being an executive producer who helicopters in once a once a year for something big yeah and i mean i agree with you i think this movie is something we needed to cover because of the scale of it, as you said, the the fact that it mm-hmm. is being released in theaters, although we all watched it on Peacock, mm-hmm. and the fact that it is extremely tropey. It is a premise that would be in a romance novel, or at least one of the new uh, rom-coms, as they call them. Would this be a cartoon cover romance novel if Marry Me was a romance novel? A thousand percent. And it'd be one of the most, yeah, and it would have all the accoutrements that come with that, the disgusting colors, the annoying uh, Owen Wilson's character with his arms crossed leaning against something, her in her mm-hmm. Marry Me dress. Him, oh, that would, mm-hmm. that's what it would be. She'd be in her marry me dress with a microphone. He would have the sign that says marry me, and he would be leaning against something. Yeah. Yes. And there would be, like, drawings of, of phones around them pointed at her. Yes. Phones and yeah. cameras. The paparazzi would be a big mass, and there'd be, like, 
well, it wouldn't just be paparazzi. It'd be the fans and the paparazzi. So there'd be signs because it'd all be silhouette. Mm. So it'd be like signs you couldn't see because it's the back of them. Cameras, big lights, mm-hmm. and like phones. Mm-hmm. You're so right. I can see when I can imagine the cover so clearly, that means it's a bad cover in my mind. I is feel it? like it would it So this imaginary surprising. cover is a bad is a bad cover? Well, yeah, because it's the kind of cover that I would look at the bookstore and be like next, I'm not I don't want to see this. I don't want to read this. So there is also, you know, we've talked behind the scenes before about how books are chosen. And so were this to be a book, normally what happens is I text Clayton about 10 books on a Sunday evening or Monday evening, if we're really running behind, and tell him to pick which one. And really, they're all ones that have been either I've been hearing about a lot or they're ones that have been uh, recommended to us. And then Clayton sort of will thumbs up the one that he wants. And that's the highly scientific way in which we choose books. But so were I to send you this book on a Sunday or a Monday night, would you be thumbsing it up, do you think? Based no, I would wholly be on not. the premise. No. N- no, because it's a contemporary and yeah. it would feel, and I would know that I wouldn't like it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, it, let's... Would ha- it, it would have to be the biggest, it would have to be the level of, you know what it would have to be? It would have to be like they're making this into a movie with okay. Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. <laughs> we we should read this, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll read the I'll read this in that case, just to see, because then we'd be able to see what they do with it in a movie, which I think is interesting, because romance, of course, we're fans of everything romance, we support everything romance, so in that case, I'd want to see, oh, how are they going to adapt this? Mm-hmm. So that'd okay. be the one case. So should we do a quick plot summary? Yeah, sure. Do we want Pat to do it? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. Do it. Um. Uh, all right. So this movie stars Jennifer Lopez as Kat, who's a huge pop superstar in this world. And her and her uh, boyfriend, uh, whose character name is Bastion. Bastion who's also a singer, but not at the level of Cat. Cat's a superstar. They are going to do this huge performance in New York City where they're going to sing their single, uh, their hit single, Marry Me, to each other. Marry me, marry <laughs> me. Um, I've been saying that just all weekend. Since me and Aaron watch this Saturday night, I can't just... It's like a, it's like a ringtone for a human. I just walk in the room <laughs> and sing, marry me. And so they're going to sing Marry Me to each other, and they're going to get married at the concert in front of the crowd, which everyone is excited about. And they go there. And also then Owen Wilson, he's playing a guy who's like a single dad, got a young daughter. He's got a best friend played by Sarah Silverman. They're both teachers. And they all go to this concert together. He doesn't know who Cat is. He's like a guy who just, all he knows is math. He doesn't know pop culture. And his daughter and Sarah Silverman are really into her. They all go to the concert. At the concert, Kat finds out. She's the last to know, but she finds out that Bastion was making out with one of their uh, backup dancers. It was an assistant. He's been cheating on her. It was her. her assistant. Oh, an assistant. Right, right. 
even worse, an assistant, not even a, a, the dignity of, of cheating on her with a backup dancer. And so they're right before she's about to come on stage to marry Bastion. She finds this out, gets raised on onto the stage and um, decides she can't marry Bastion, but she's all flustered. The whole crowd is finding out in the moment what happened because it's all over social media. She sees Owen Wilson holding a sign that says, marry me, you know, that his daughter brought and he's just holding it. And she sees him. She calls him on stage, says, yes, I'll marry you. Basically coerces him into getting married on stage. And then once that happens, you know, at first it's like a business arrangement where it's like, okay, help me get through this publicity nightmare. Pretend that we're trying to, that we're actually married but they, of course, start to fall in love over the course of it. You know, she brings him out of his shell. He shows her the the uh, finer things about just having a, a normal life, like going bowling and, and getting, you know, not being followed by paparazzi all day. <laughs> They've fallen in love. Then there is a point in the movie where he breaks up with her. And I think we'll talk about whether this was a, a high or low point in the movie. But he breaks up with her because... She starts singing again with Bastion because they have a chance to sing at a big concert and be nominated for an award together. And they start singing together and he takes it as, oh, she really wants to get back with him and and she can't leave the nonstop uh, celebrity life. He breaks up with her. But then at the end, Kat uh, uh, decides not to go to an award show and instead she travels uh, really far to go to a math contest that Owen Wilson is coaching and that his daughter is in. And she goes there and declares her love for him. And they end up happily ever after together. So Kat and normal guy Owen Wilson uh, find love. And Sarah Silverman is is psyched because she's then friends with a celebrity. And that's the end. Well, so I don't think she skips the award. She leaves Fallon. Yeah, she leaves. She leaves. Oh, right. Before she singing the song that they're yes. they're nominated for. Right. She leaves in the middle of a Fallon taping, which is one of the most heroic acts any character <laughs> can commit. Is just just ditching Jimmy Fallon in the middle of his show. Yeah. As soon as she did that, I was like, "Yeah, this is a rootable character." Yes. 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 So there you go. That's marry me. What did you guys think? I loved it. I mean, I, I thought it, I thought it was really good. It was really, really... I mean, I think the main thing is it was what you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Marry Me is better in a, in a big way than what you hoped. It's not a classic of the genre, but it is for sure gives you what you want. And it's better than... Uh, a rom, uh, a star-driven rom-com that I could think of in the last, I don't know how many years. I I, I don't know what the last rom-com uh, released in theaters that was as good as Marry Me. I can't think of what the last one was. Yeah, I mean it's it's the last, and we looked this up, me and Pat, obviously, the last real big star rom-com that was released in theaters was. Long shot. What's, long what's, shot. what's the long shot? What's long shot? It, long shot is the oh, Charlie Theron. And, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, we. I, I think I'm higher on that than Pat. Mm-hmm. And 
but that is the last big one. And there is things in that, and I think it's what Pat took umbrage to with the ending and the titular long shot and what it refers to, I think really bumped him. And I agree in the sense that this movie doesn't have anything that you couldn't show a 13-year-old kid who wants Mm -hmm. to watch their first rom-com. Yeah. I love Seth Rogen, but I I don't think Longshot needed to hinge on a third act uh, uh, Longshot. There was a, there was a, uh, I mean, it was, it was a a jerk off reference at the end of that movie that I don't think was needed. It was a little too lowbrow for what the genre should be. And it's so funny because this is, we talk about so much sex on this podcast that I don't know why we're beating around the bush here. He comes in his own face. Yes. And that's in long shot. And that's the long shot that goes Mm -hmm. viral. And so he has to talk about it, and Charlize Theron has to deal with it and all those things. So mm-hmm. I do think that was sophomoric, and mm-hmm. it it didn't necessarily make it palatable for everyone. This movie is palatable, I think, for everyone, depending on how much you can deal with Jennifer Lopez singing. And for me, I'd be on the lowest end of uh, people who are able to deal with that. Oh Jesus! I I, I skimmed through her songs. Oh, I Pat. Oh. I think Pat would buy the soundtrack and listen to "Marry Me Around the House," and I'm and on my it, way. I love Jennifer Lopez. I liked all all of the bits of her singing. I think they were great. I don't know if you're not into pop music, though. You're not into pop music. Uh, listen, I like pop music. I just don't like. I I've never been mm-hmm. a J Lo fan. I think she's manufactured. I think uh, she is. Bro. She's not Bro. somebody Bro. who I I can relate to in any way. Boo. Oh, Leave of your course not. Why would I ever want to relate to a famous superstar pop star? I'm not in here to relate to anybody. I don't. I want her to to be more manufactured. If anything, she's too genuine. I I don't know. I don't have. I don't feel the need to I think that some like I miss the days of like where like stars were stars and famous people were famous people we didn't really know much about them and we thought that they were like gods and now I think I yeah. just I know way too much I don't I don't need like a house to- no I I don't want to know what she does and if she bathes in diamond water that I want that for her that's Here's what I the need. thing. Clayton, Clayton, I, I agree. Clayton wants, Hold on, let me speak. Let me speak. Wants, <laughs> he, no, no, he wants he wants marry me to be starring Bruce Springsteen, just an every man <laughs> singing about getting out of this town, who's who's working part time at the factory. Like that's what Clayton would have wanted marry me to be. Someone in the crowd. Wait, you want it to be the dance in the dark video? That's what you all marry me to be. I would Bruce prefer that. Yes, someone out of the crowd. That that's what you want, but that's not what J Lo's giving you. J Lo is a superstar. Yeah, she's a, she's an unearthly presence. Now 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 you you ganged up on me, which is is, <laughs> mm-hmm. is one of the one of the I guess things that can happen when a married couple is on a podcast with a single person. Mm-hmm. But when I'm saying relate, I don't necessarily mean, and I should have clarified, I don't necessarily mean relating to her as a person. Obviously, I like superstars. I like people that are larger than life. But I need to be able to relate to the emotions, 
through the singing. And she does not clearly, to me, give me emotion. Like someone like Gaga. Like Gaga is larger than life. She's also extremely vulnerable in a lot of ways. But when she sings, I feel it. That's what I mean by relating. When J-Lo sings, I feel nothing. And I think that's the relate that's the relatability. And yeah, when Bruce Springsteen sings about factory life, I relate. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I mean, everyone gets to have their own taste. I, I think we agree to disagree. I do I, they? What? Do we? <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed? <laughs> Oh, my God. We Do we need to revisit Practical Magic? Because, like, it's not like we're normally always ganging up on you, Clayton. This is, like, the first time it's happened. Well, Practical Magic is so, just a, a purely not well-put-together movie, no matter how much I know, you but like it's it. But it's one of my favorite movies, and the two of you are so mean. Anyway. The, the main thing is I'm always on the right side of these <laughs> gang-ups. Well, it's always producer Patty plus plus one. Listen, eight million dollars at the box office means that you're on the wrong side, my friend. Oh, geez. is that low so wait, or so high? I, I lo- that's low. It's okay. Yeah, it it did not do well opening. What weekend. was the budget? But I think for it's this? more about the genre being dead. No. No, no, not the genre being dead right now at the theaters. But listen, not to go deep into movie uh, box office stuff. It's going to be revived in a big way. End of March, The Lost City, Sandra Bullock, oh, Channing Tatum, Brad Pitt. That is going to be the event of all events within Learning the Tropes land. Uh-huh. I'm calling it now from the helicopter as an executive. That That's going to be huge. But yeah, Marry Me underperformed the box office, but also because it was streaming on Peacock, which is the way we all watched it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah. the other thing, too. When I think of like watch like and I love every rom-com and I will watch every rom-com. But when I think about like watching a rom-com, it's I it's one of two things. Either it's that I'm with a group of people that's sort of like older people, younger people trying to decide on a movie that will not be offensive to anybody and so then we do rom-com. Mhm. If we're going to the theater, but right now it's like a a unseasonably warm weekend in February, the weekend before Valentine's Day. COVID still exists. So I'm not like headed to the theaters with a group right now. But the other way I watch rom-coms is when Pat leaves for the night and then I get to order sushi and I get to watch a rom-com. So I also just don't think that rom-coms are necessarily theater fodder. And I think rom-coms grow more over time and through word of mouth than necessarily a huge weekend splash, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that that is true. I do think there's a lot of, I mean, we can't talk about the business too much on here, but the, the problem with rom-coms too is, like you said, so rom-com, if it opens up, not very high, but then back in the day, it gets rented a lot, right? Like people are renting it from Blockbuster or their local VHS rental place it becomes a part of the culture because people have just seen it a million times. And I think you never, you don't have that anymore because the, the home market is not existent pretty much. DVDs, VHS obviously is anachronistic, but 
those kind of things, yeah, they can't become cultural uh, touchstones. Even the big movies on Netflix disappear because Netflix is just a slop bucket. I mean, The Tall Girl 2 is coming out or just came out or something like that, and nobody's going to talk about that for more than two days. And then it'll just be part of that massive stream of sewer water that is Netflix. Jesus. But Marry Me is on Peacock. Marry Me is, is on where Peacock. There's quality streamers such as the Olympics and WWE and now Marry Me. So, all right. Let's, so I think yeah. of the three of us, I'm a big thumbs up. Aaron, you're a big thumbs up. And Clayton, did you say beyond J-Lo's singing, where are you on this movie? Oh, I liked it. I mean, I think it was like inoffensive. It was cute. I thought that even though it has a preposterous, preposterous premise, you're able to believe it. Like, because think Mm -hmm. about this. This is just a random guy who looks like Owen Wilson but is not famous. (laughs) And she decides to kiss him and marry him immediately. Like, that's a premise that seems insane. It is insane, but I do think they pull it off where you're not saying, this is so crazy, I can't live in this world. Right. Because all the characters around are very nice, other than her assistant, who is not the assistant that kissed uh, Bastion, but her other assistant is just a straight-up asshole. Michelle Buteau? Yeah, in a not funny way. She was just an asshole, and I had no time for her. But otherwise, everybody else seems to be nice and wanting them to succeed, especially her manager, who is was in Moonfall recently, I think was a Game of Thrones guy. Yeah. The And he was very sweet, and he seemed to really care about her. And because in the backstage area, when Sebastian tries to come up to her before they're supposed to sing Marry Me... And everybody's figured out that he, except for her, that he's cheated on her. He, like, pushes him away, which I think is, like, a big, nice thing for him to do. And he doesn't have to do it and probably shouldn't do it because Sebastian is a star. So I I liked him and him taking care of her. I thought that was a good relationship. Yeah, John Bradley from Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing about this movie that I liked is... You know, Jennifer Lopez, Sarah Silverman, and Owen Wilson are all in their 50s, you know? And I think a lot of these uh, rom-coms can be dominated by people who are very young. And I, I thought that that was just a, an interesting tidbit. She, she, Her and Owen Wilson are, are the exact same age. And then Sarah Silverman is, I think, like a year younger. How old, yeah. is, how old is Owen Wilson? He's 53. He's 53. Jennifer Lopez is 52. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. is it is nice to see that people in in later in life can find love. And that is like, yeah, that's an issue we have with a lot of, especially rom-com books that we read, is that most of the time they're people in their 20s or early 30s. And their issues seem so much smaller. Like here, Owen Wilson is afraid to remarry because of what had happened with his previous wife and because he had a daughter and it was important to him that his daughter, like he doesn't introduce his daughter to cat for a real long time because he doesn't want, he thinks this is a business thing and he doesn't want her to get 
too entangled in it, which I thought was a responsible thing. So I have heard that people were not like thrilled about the pairing. There could have been somebody else better in there. What are your thoughts? Well, what do, do, do you know of any specific casting that they threw out there? Because that would give me more of an idea as to like, yeah, do I think this would be better? I mean, I think Owen Wilson works because honestly, he does seem like such a weird pick and such a thing that she wouldn't go through with that the fact that she does makes this movie more interesting, right? Yeah, I guess that is true. I mean, I I do think it works because, yeah, if it had been Brad Pitt or George Clooney or, yeah, I'm just thinking of who is in that age range who also is significantly is is much more attractive than Owen Wilson, who would have been a conventional, like, good-looking guy, rom-com star. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it works as well because the, the whole dynamic is she's such a larger than life star. She's, she's, you know, she's got to be, she's got to be gorgeous and look like JLo and, and feel like a superstar. And then the guy does have to feel like a schlub. So I think Owen Wilson is in that zone of workable schlub, mm-hmm. you know, like, because I think otherwise then you'd have to go the other way and go even schlubbier. And, you know, it's like a John Ratzenberger or or George Wentz or, you know, a Kelsey Grammer or someone like that is in the role. And I don't think you want to go that schlubby. I think you want to stop at Owen Wilson. So yeah. I, I think it works. I mean, were there any – have you been finding a common specific complaint about Owen Wilson in these – in these sort of negative Owen Wilson reviews? Is it, is it just like, I mean, I guess he always, he does always have the weird Owen Wilson energy. Well, I think most people are just like Owen Wilson question mark. They're not. Yeah, you're right. And, and as we all know, with giving notes, you always need to sort of like, you know, give, you can't just give a negative note. You have to give a note with a positive, (laughs) with your own sort of spin on it. So yeah, I didn't have, I didn't know if there was just somebody else out there. Cause famously, the next wedding movie that uh, J Lo has coming out, her her male lead had to be recast a few times. So there we go. The shotgun wedding, right? Yeah, shotgun wedding. So it was originally Ryan Reynolds, and then he dropped mm-hmm. out, and then it was Army Hammer. We all know what happened there. Oh, he mm-hmm. was escorted out, and then now it's Josh Duhamel. Which I love a Josh Duhamel moment. I'm excited for him for this. Yeah, that seems like a huge drop in star wattage from Ryan Reynolds to Josh Duhamel. Yes. <laughs> you know, because when you've got Ryan Reynolds in there, it is definitely a for sure theatrical with a lot of promotion behind it release. A Josh Duhamel, even with J-Lo as the star, there is a risk that that movie is streaming only and kind of comes and goes. I mean... Nothing against him as a person, but yeah, Josh Newmel is definitely a is definitely a much lower Q score than Ryan Reynolds. So I think that's why Owen Wilson works because Owen Wilson is he's a, still a famous person. He's still he's still a known movie quantity. Well, he mm-hmm. just hosted you know, SNL Wilson, this season. He was on Loki. Yep. yep. 
I mean, his he might not be. I mean, to me, he doesn't seem like he has much cultural presence. But he's on a show that a lot of people watched. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's mm-hmm. that? Loki. Oh, that was a show. Disney Plus. Okay, it's one of those Marvel shows. Well, and I also think the thing about Owen Wilson is you have a difficult time thinking of Owen Wilson like being an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, you, mm-hmm. if you think of like, oh, I wonder if like a waiter spilled an entire like tray of drinks on Owen Wilson. I feel like he'd be like, ah, oh, man, it's not that bad. It's OK. Like, he wouldn't be upset about it. So in a way, mm-hmm. her just picking somebody out of the crowd and it being Owen Wilson, like you do know that she's going to be safe with him because he is not going to do anything weird because he's Owen Wilson, you know? Mm-hmm. Aaron, can I ask you a quick question? What? Have you ever spilled a tray, an entire tray of drinks on a customer as a waitress? On purpose or by accident? Okay, wow. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, is it been on multiple purpose, times? Yes. On purpose, yes. On accident, no. Oh, wow. So in this scenario, would you have purposefully poured that on Owen Wilson? No, I only did it to people I really didn't like. How many times did you do this? A few. A few is so many. <laughs> Did, didn't you, Aaron, didn't you have a like a thing with uh, other waitresses where if, if there was someone you didn't like, you would tell them to push you from behind? Yeah. Am I making that up? No, that would be how we did it. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> push me from behind. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. Well, because people wouldn't tip us or something. And I worked at a, at a rest. I work at a now RIP Joshua Tree in Murray Hill. And we get very busy with a lot of like finance bros and they could be like jerks sometimes. So what we would do is either you would walk through the crowd with half empty drinks on your tray. And then when you would go by the guys you didn't like because they were like rude or they stiffed your friend or something, you would be like, oh, and you would accidentally drop all the drinks on them. Or it would happen that like, uh, yeah, again, like it was always I, we only did this to guys. We never did this to women. Uh, you you would just fill up a, a tray with waters and then they would be walking by the person that like stiffed your friend normally. So normally there'd be three waitresses. So the waitress who we were trying to get revenge for would be out of the scene. Yes, and then you got to Yeah, for plausible deniability. And then the two of us, one of us would walk by, the other one would like push that person so that you would fall into them and spill all the drinks. And then they'd be like, what the fuck? And you'd be like, oh man, I'm so, it's so crowded in here. I'm so sorry. Anyway, so but See, never, um, per, never, ac- I never accidentally spilled a drink on somebody. I love that. That's class unity, is what that is. People learn about oh, yeah. it. Or we would stand in the hostess stand and we would throw ice and try to hit the guys we didn't like too. That's so funny, and they're probably yeah. so drunk that they don't even understand what's happening. Oh, that would be the fun thing because they would feel ice hit their back of their head, and then we would duck down behind the duck down behind this divider, and so they'd be like, "Who did that?" And we'd be like, "Well, I don't know." So that's, that's so funny. Anyway, yeah, no, was. I never, I, I, uh, as far as I can remember, I never spilled a drink um, accidentally. I, I mean, I, so, I do. Going back to this and the casting, I've heard John Mulaney as a possibility, right? Oh, he but would have been great. Here's the thing, though, is that that feels to me like a more pure comedic lead. And I don't know if this movie needed that because one of the things that makes this movie work is that he is a guy that is just kind of 
and I don't want to say nice because nice now is look is not what you want somebody to be. But I think he is a caring guy, and he has a very boring, to most people's view, life. But if you had somebody who had more of a comedic energy, would this become more of a goofy comedy than it is? Because because I think that's the thing about Owen Wilson is he doesn't really do anything super comedic in this in this role. Mm-hmm. And if you had a com- a comedian like a legit comedian, what would they bring to this that is a different energy? And I don't think I would want that energy. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I I think if it was a like a John Mulaney or like I don't know Jim Carrey or or someone like that, then the movie has to be about them experiencing being in a celebrity world and it's their point of view and this movie does you know there is a little bit of that but it does still keep it as j-lo as the protagonist Mm -hmm. which is i what you want this movie to be you don't want it to be about a, a guy who's going through this wacky new world of celebrity you want it to be about this couple getting to know each other. And I think Owen Wilson and Jay, I mean, what do you guys think of the chemistry? Cause I, I thought they did a really good job of like, when it's just the scenes of the two of, of them hanging out and walking and talking and getting to know each other, they felt genuine and I, they got me on their side. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think of the chemistry in the movie? I, I thought it was great chemistry. I, I believed it. I think that I think the thing about this movie is that it's just it's a it's a solid movie made by professionals and everybody does a really good job and it was all very believable and enjoyable. So yeah, I I 100% believed the chemistry, but I will say like I knew as a veteran romance reader that we were going to have like the you know, the 90% breakup scene. And when it happened, it did feel a little forced, and it did make me kind of turn on Owen Wilson. Why? Because you thought that he was being too paranoid? Well, when he was kind of like, I don't want to do this, and breaking up with her and everything, and leaving, I don't know. I just felt like he was being a little bit of a a chump about it because it didn't... I don't know. It didn't seem like it warranted that. And then. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I think that moment really felt like the movie making that happen more so than the the character earnestly doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was really like, here's the formula. They've got to break up here. And the the plot didn't get us to that point. Like, I, I just didn't buy that he really felt uh, uh, that she was about to leave him or that their relationship was in a bad place or even that the celebrity uh, factor of her life had really changed that much from when things were going well to when he had to break up. And it just ma- it did make the Owen Wilson character feel more like a jerk than he had up to that point. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's like one of those things that like you said, Aaron, you knew it was coming and they had to do it, but I don't. I think that's the one area where the movie didn't do the work to make the the plot point feel believable. Let, let mm-hmm. me let me defend Owen Wilson's char- the Owen Wilson character here for a second. Just just follow me here. 
Mm -hmm. So the way this relationship started was that she finds out she's getting cheated on by Sebastian, who is a great looking singer that is the idol of millions. I mean, obviously not Mm -hmm. as big as her. Like we said before, he's the Mark Anthony to her J-Lo. Mm-hmm. She does this spur of the moment thing where she says yes to a total stranger who doesn't necessarily have in this reality any real sex appeal. They have a pretty chaste type of relationship. I mean, they do consummate, but again, she is jilted and lonely and. This guy has a daughter, has a very small life, is not on any social media. She forces him to be on social media. And then when she finds out about this award, which she had never been nominated for awards before, she always said, nobody believes in me, nobody believes in me. And Sebastian gives her a locket that says sing. And what it represented was that just sing, it doesn't matter, they don't know. It's you're talented. And she kept wearing that locket mm-hmm. and that necklace. And she says to Owen Wilson, when they talk about it, she says, nobody's all bad about Sebastian, which I thought was a really great scene because it's true. And then when he comes back into her life, she has a chance to sing this romantic ballad version of this song they had wrote for their marriage And I'm Owen Wilson. Am I thinking like, okay, should I get out of this now before I get hurt? Or should I go down the path that I can see, which would be her getting bored with me and getting back with Sebastian? If you're thinking of it that way, I don't think that's an unrelatable thing for him to do. Is it heroic for him to do that? Is it brave for him to do that? No, it's not. It's him being scared but the, the difference is, is that she then seeks him out at the end and, and says, I took a chance. You need to, too. So she's saying to him, be brave. I thought mm-hmm. that breakup made a lot of sense to me. And I think it's OK to have your character be not making a decision that is brave in that instance in order to have the other character say, I'm being brave, so will you be brave with me? Mm-hmm. So it made sense to me. Okay. Yeah, I, I I see the logic there. I just I still don't think they really got there where where he would have in that moment felt as strongly as he did. You know, and obviously characters in in these movies they 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 don't act completely normal. He didn't do that rational thing which is just talk to her about it and even ask her where she's at but uh, yeah I, I i just felt it it was it it was they could have done a little more work to get us all to feel uh that owen wilson w- would have felt the way that he did in that moment well here's I mean, the like problem. i get the logic of it you can't vilify j-lo the only way to make that work where you feel like he's justified is to villainize J-Lo by making her do something with Sebastian that was more incriminating. Mm-hmm. That's the or, way you or, do it, and they're not going to do it because this movie is about 
about how great J-Lo or Cat is. Or you do, and, you know, not to, to try and do a rewrite, but or, or you do, you make use of that Michelle Buteau assistant character and lean on her to say or imply something that may or not may or not be true. Yes. You know, I think you just do a little bit of work to make Owen Wilson feel a little more justified that things are about to go south. I mean, I think that's the big problem is at the point when he breaks up with her, it still didn't feel like he should have thought things were about to go south for them. And you could have used that Michelle Buteau character, who's not really a villain, but like you said, she's not the sympathetic friend to J-Lo. But she's the, a jerk. The, the, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, not a jerk, but the British guy is the is the good friend, and she's there to cause a little bit of chaos. And so I think you could have used that character to cause a little bit of chaos at that moment. It would have made Owen Wilson feel seem a little more justified in his feelings. Or you but have Sebastian pull him aside. And say, hey, you know that we're getting back together. Like, this is yeah, ridiculous. Like that. Don't hurt yourself, my friend. That kind of thing. Right, right, right. But what, uh, you know, we talked about a, a, a problem scene. You know, let's just go around. Since we all kind of like this movie, what is just a, a aspect of it that really stuck out that we really enjoyed? A scene or a moment or, you know, obviously the songs are great and J-Lo sings them uh, incredibly well. Songs were low does. point. We all agree on that. <laughs> um, what, what, what's a moment, Aaron, that really stuck out for you that 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 is going to be, you know, the, the thing you think about three weeks from now when you're just sitting on our couch pondering Marry Me? I think it was Clayton who said or somebody said about the premise of this movie and how well it gets pulled off. And I, that was the part that I was like, that I was curious to see when I started watching the movie is like, how does she pick somebody from the crowd in a way that we're not like rolling our eyes and this feels forced? And honestly, I think the entire first like 15, 20 minutes of the film with her concert and him in the audience and that whole moment of him going up there and them getting married, it felt really great in the moment and it, and everything made sense in the moment and I do think that they were able to pull off having such great chemistry that like when the two of them get married on stage randomly you're not like oh no this is the biggest mistake <laughs> this is so stupid this would never happen you're like no I believe it and I also believe that these two will end up together ultimately so I really loved that scene uh, for me the best moment was at the very end and I feel like it was maybe even in the credits where Owen Wilson, the daughter, and J-Lo are sitting around on the couch and she's trying to feed their dog and get scared. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite <laughs> moment because it felt real. It felt like a real thing, yeah. like real people mm-hmm. being real. And I feel like that is the moment that I like the best. And I would have liked to mm-hmm. see more of that in the movie and less singing. You want to see more J-Lo feeding animals and less J-Lo performing music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, I agree, Aaron, that the opening was great. And that first 15 minutes really felt like this 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 movie earned being on a big screen in those first 15 minutes of presenting J-Lo's concert, her as a star. That, that, that whole sequence is why, and we watched it at home, 
but why this movie earned being on a big screen and not just a streamer. You know, it rose above the typical Netflix slop mm-hmm. by having that big, flashy opening. Um, for me, the uh, a scene I'll throw out that I loved is when J-Lo and Owen Wilson went to the, uh, sem- the formal dance of the high school that he works in. And all the kids in the Glee Club were singing J-Lo's song when she came in. And I thought that was just such a home run slam doink scene that needed to be in this movie of having the superstar go to the kids dance with Owen Wilson. That was great. And last thing I'll throw out there as a, as a positive, and I think Clayton will sign on to this one, Sarah Silverman as Owen Wilson's best friend. I thought she was great. She was doing her thing. And, uh, and, and, you know, listen, she's Sarah Silverman. She still looks great. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a big fan. Uh, to me, that's a highlight. I feel like every time Sarah Silverman's in one of these, you always have the takeaway, which is what you want from the best friend character in these movies, is I'd love to see her spin off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then she never gets it. But that's not the point, you know? Right. Absolutely. Right. I think it's the- great to see her back in that slot that she started out really in in movies. Mm-hmm. And but making it more her own and, uh, you know, really being like happy to have the part, <laughs> it feels like. I wish we still had Janine in those positions, though. Why don't we? Oh, yeah. Well, we so can't many, get into can't that. We can't even go into it. Yeah. Okay. It's a Bush, Bush era politics oh. and, and uh, it's, a, it's a disaster. But yeah, I mean... It, Give me, give me a, a rom-com with Sarah Silverman and Janine Garofalo. One of them could be the the lead. One could be the best friend. I don't care which spot you put them in. Let them switch in the middle of the movie. But, I mean, I, I'm seeing that in theaters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, we still... Well, you're, if- you're going to be, Pat, sorry, bad news, but you'll be watching that on your phone in a theater <laughs> while another movie's playing on the screen. I'll be yelling, turn down this Marvel superhero movie. I'm trying to watch a rom-com with Sarah Silverman and Jean Garofalo on my phone. Yes. I mean, we still do need to watch The Matchmaker. If anybody has a lead on how to get our hands on that movie. I've said this. See, this is why I feel like you sometimes don't listen to me. It's a podcast. I have that movie on DVD. I don't have a DVD player. Yes, we do. Okay, then bring it over. I don't understand what the holdup is. I've been asking you. (laughs) You haven't been asking. (laughs) <laughs> yeah every time you come over i say can you bring that matchmaker dvd you told me you, you had, don't but... ever say that yeah because I, I tell you i have it on dvd and then you never we'll talk... listen you never listen. <laughs> oh my goodness you never listen. so if you guys have any leads on where we can find a copy of the matchmaker yeah see this is this is where i earn my producer's fee in that the reason you have never done this episode of The Matchmaker is because Clayton has a DVD and Aaron didn't know that we had a DVD player. And I have come in and solved it by saying, yes, we have a DVD player. In fact, Aaron, where you're sitting right now recording this, if you look straight ahead and slightly to your right, you'll see a DVD player. Oh, that's a DVD player. You see it there? I thought that was <laughs> yeah, the That's DVD what one of those of. is. Yeah. yeah. So I've solved it. We can now do a matchmaker episode. All right. Well, and let us I will know. Be on that one. Let us yeah, know. Let us know, know if you there. have any leads. 
no let's know if you want that if you want it let us know oh, Aaron yeah, yeah, where yeah, can yeah. they email us where can they email us if they want to let us know that they want this you can email us at learning the tropes podcast at gmail.com we're on Instagram uh, at learning the tropes and on Twitter at learning tropes so any of those methods you can also message us through our Patreon page Yes, Patreon, we have been getting messages that people are getting their stickers and they are very psyched about them. And we're so happy that we're finally getting those out to people. And some people who joined the Patreon a little bit after that initial rush of people, you're going to get your sticker probably pretty soon as well. So check, uh, make sure you have your address on, on Patreon so we can send them to you. Well, Aaron, so what is the book that we are reading for next week? All right, guys. So this has been an oft-requested author. Um, and so we are finally, we're going to touch down on McNaught. And we are reading Judith McNaught's A Kingdom of Dreams. That'll be fun. I'm excited. I got it out of the library already. Ooh. All right. And so thanks so much, Producer Patty, for joining us this episode. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm getting back on the exec producer helicopter, and I'll I'll see you for uh, the Lost City. Yeah. Well, there's a few rom coms that have come out. The Jenny Slate one we need to talk about. So anyway, so we're gonna keep. We're, we have a few coming to you guys. Most of them are gonna actually probably be on our Patreon. That's where we do most of our reviews of romance adjacent media. Um, mm-hmm. So if you haven't already joined, if you just go to Patreon and search Learning the Tropes, you'll find us. Um, you join, it's only five bucks a month, and you'll get access to basically everything we've already done, and then you'll automatically have everything that we're going to do in the future. So I think it'll, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, and there's a ton coming out lately. So Pat, will you come it. on and do? Will you come on and do Milk Money with us? <laughs> Oh, I'll do milk money. <laughs> oh, I'll definitely do milk money. Yeah, we should do I, milk money that, with p- producer that, Patty. Do you have that DVD? That's a plate? movie that I do not, but I'm sure that's available to rent on iTunes and, and okay. anywhere you can rent digital downloads. Great. All right. So rate, review, follow, and until we'll next, next time, happy reading. Happy reading. Bye. Happy reading. <laughs> <laughs>